it's like 11 30 12 o'clock at night and i end up wrecking my mom's car i probably look frantic and uh, at this particular time, he had a phone in his car. Uh, he allowed me to use his phone. You know, for me, a young young black boy, 16, mm -hmm. 17 years old, and I'm, you know, just, I don't know where I am in yeah. Memphis, you know. <laughs> and this guy just came and just really, you know, helped me and kind of calm my nerves about everything. Welcome to Bison Banter, the show where I chat with random distant relatives I meet on the internet. I'm your host, Rosalind Rayborn. Today's guest is my second cousin, Sherman, who I actually only recently met, even though he's been pretty involved with my family for a long time. He's a preacher, and my family's full of preachers and pastors. His dad's a pastor, and my oldest brother is too. So they've done lots of churchy stuff over the years, but since I'm in Dallas, I have not had the pleasure, and I'm so glad that's changed, because Sherman just personifies cool. If I got invited to a last-minute upscale fancy dress party and needed a plus one, Sherman is definitely the guy I'd call. He's always well-groomed, and I just know he already owns the perfect outfit for it, no matter what it is. He would totally get to the party and be able to match the vibe. He could be on the dance floor one second and in the middle of the room holding court in the next. He's just that dude. In this episode, Sherman and I discuss growing up in Memphis, the most epic house party ever, and why he hasn't tried online dating. Plus, he gives some solid family advice on what to do if your partner keeps texting that off-limits colleague. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Sherman. What was the last great thing you ate? The last great thing that I ate were crab cakes from Houston's restaurant. <laughs> uh, lump blue crab, lightly fried mm. with some incredible coleslaw. Normally, I get a baked potato uh, with butter, sour cream, and cheese. But this time, I got the french fries. Um, and it was absolutely delicious. Of course, we don't get great seafood here. So anytime I get some great seafood here, especially like crab cakes, I normally go to Houston's. To me, they're, they're the best in this area. Really? Yes. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Woo! If I could eat one food for <laughs> the rest of my life. Oh, that's tough because it has to be something nutritious. Uh, they won't make my teeth fall out because <laughs> I love my sweets. So that cancels out my mother's sweet potato casserole. Oh, that sounds good. Does she uh, put pecans or does she put marshmallows on it? She put pecans on that's, it. That's the one. Yes, that's the one I like. I don't like the marshmallows. Yeah, they keep the marshmallows. Um, let's say this, for the rest of your life with no consequences. One for the rest of my life with no consequences. So yeah, you can indulge. I can indulge on it probably. It would be a tie between my mother's sweet potato casserole. Really? And Houston's apple walnut cobbler. You got some stock in Houston. I need to. They have some great food. So what do you normally get when you go there? I used to love the Houston's Hawaiian ribeye. It, it had a nice glaze to it, but the last couple of times, it wasn't a great cut of meat. Mm -hmm. But they also have a seasonal special. Mm -hmm. a shrimp creole kind of little deal with some mm -hmm. uh, rice in it and they serve it in a skillet and so that was my go-to whenever they had that houston's my favorite chain restaurant besides roof chris really yeah okay we gotta go to houston's like one day when the quarantine is over and life is normal because my experience there has always been every single time it's been such a strange experience <laughs> oh, you, you, you enjoy it with me because i, I you know i we're gonna get yeah. you know you know Cadillac margaritas. We're gonna we're gonna have some good times. Okay, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. If I had 24 hours in Memphis, 
how would you recommend that I spend the day? First, I would probably start with the Civil Rights Museum. Oh, nice. You have a collection of history there that's unique to Memphis, but also shows you how it impacted not only the, the South and the United States, but also the world. Uh, they've done some uh, renovating and added some new exhibits. So if you haven't been since probably maybe past three or four years, it is definitely one of the top in the United States as far as civil rights museums. So I'll start there first. Okay. We're downtown. So we're downtown uh -huh. and there are several restaurants downtown. So after you get your, your spill of history, you want to get something to eat. So we're, <laughs> we're going to go to McEwen's. Mm. It's a nice southern restaurant. They have some great selections there that you would love. They have some great scallops uh, and shrimp uh, and grits entree that I love. And they also have a nice tapas uh, menu. Mm. And so you can get some small plates, try this, try that. What is your strongest food memory related to family? My strongest food memory as it is related to family. Yeah. It was something I was thinking about uh, a couple of months ago. My big mama, my big mama Juanita Helton, mm -hmm. would normally have a Sunday dinner. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was first Sunday or fourth Sunday. Mm -hmm. They would go to my big mama's house, her and my grandfather, Jesse Helton, right there on Kerr, oh. in the South Memphis area, Dixie Heights. We would go there and big mama would lay it out. She had a recipe called chili beans. Mm -hmm. It was chili. And you could really just eat it with just, you know, I eat it summertime, springtime, fall time. You know, some people <laughs> only eat chili in the winter. Yeah. I, I ate her chili beans year round. They were delicious. It just sounds uh, so simple. Oh, uh, yeah, it was very simple, but it, the way her spices and her, her seasoning on that, you know, you know, you know, if you're African American, you definitely have to know how to season it with that meat and food. Yeah. And so she was, uh, the seasoning on it was just phenomenal. It was just, Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the chili beans. Okay, so does anybody have that recipe? Because now you got me wanting to try it. <laughs> uh, probably the closest, maybe my sister, Rachel. Uh -huh. She may know it. She tries to wear that mantle sometimes. Yeah. Uh, she may have it. I doubt if anyone else has it because my, now my other cousin, Trinette, she, she thinks she can cook now. I don't know about <laughs> that. I'm very particular when it comes to food. I can tell. I feel like you're the type of person that wouldn't fake it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fake it. No, no. no you need, I feel you need like to put some like, seasoning on this. If you could have a dinner party and invite five people, who would they be? What would you serve? And what music would be playing? What would that whole vibe be? And it could be like eight people. My dream dinner party. Yeah. Uh, so the music, it would be... It'll be an array of uh, music, some Rochelle Pharrell, some Jill Scott, definitely some Prince, some Stevie, some Marvin Gaye, some Dunny Hathaway, Ooh. Uh, some Dave Brubeck, uh, Neil Soul, kind of jazzy vibe. Where you can feel like, okay, I want to dance with my baby right now, or I'm just going to sit back and just smoke yeah. a cigar. So the, the guest list, I, I would love to have the Obamas there, just oh. to get their, their feel right. on being the first black president and first black, you know, First Lady, Dr. King, and Sister Coretta. My, my boy, Malcolm X, would love to have him there. Of course, my parents uh, would right. be there. I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, Incorporated, 1911 Fanu Pi. Frat so nice, they named it twice. I would love to uh, have the founders uh, of my esteemed fraternity there as well. You know, if I can bring my, my grandparents back, yeah. uh, Juanita and Jesse, also Dovey and Wilbur. I never got a chance to meet my 
uh, maternal grandfather. So mm. having a chance to meet him there. So this is definitely after the quarantine of food. I would have an array of things, garlic, honey, grilled wings, crab cakes, of course, uh, <laughs> scallops, some sea bass, some smoked ribs, some smoked mm-hmm. chicken wings, some spaghetti, some lasagna, some other heavy hors d'oeuvres, nice. and definitely some desserts, some cream brulee, mm. and also some caramel cake. And we'll have to call Houston's for some apple walnut cobbler. <laughs> It, it would be that type of dinner party. It won't be too frou-frou, but, you know, it'll definitely have some good food. That's nice, because people would get full. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the folks you were inviting. I feel like your grandparents, you know, they old school. They yeah. go off some real food. What are you most proud of? I am most proud of my children, my sons, Ethan and Caden, loving me. Unconditionally, I think I think I'm doing a, a good job of raising them, well, co-parenting them uh, with their mothers, mm-hmm. and so I'm very proud of that. I've had other proud moments, but just being a father and uh, a single father, not the conventional way in which I really wanted to become a father, mm-hmm. but just seeing how far they have progressed and uh, what they're doing, even while they're still young. Just love seeing them smile and just love them calling my name. So right now, just proud of being a father. All right. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from your family? For me, the best piece of advice that I learned from my family, when you have family, they are always there, right or wrong. Mm. So when I say that, there have been situations where when I think about when I graduated from college and I was like top five in my class and I was asked to speak for my class you know I had other friends who were there other people who were there seeing their uh uh, family members and friends and uh the look that they said my dad and my mom had on their face when I was speaking and it was like man we know they were so proud of you and so and there have been other times when I have been in the wrong (laughs) dead wrong (laughs) and they were they were still there now they you know they definitely chastised me you know and let me know hey i was wrong but in my wrongness they still had my back mm-hmm. so they always let me know that family always has your back right or wrong so it teaches me that hey when my sons mess up hey love them chastise them but I still have their back i love that if you had a time machine and could go back to any time in history just for a day what day would you choose? Oh, man, this that's a good question. Uh, th- it probably would change for me in regards to what day I could go back in history just for one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the moment, the mode that I'm in right now would be <laughs> going back to a time where I messed up with a young lady mm. who, you know, you, you have those, those, those loves of your life that, okay, yeah. this, is, this is who I believe God had for me. Yeah. I can go back to that that particular day and mm. just try to correct those wrongs. <laughs> oh. I would. But could you just fix it now? Do you have to just have, be able to go back to fix it? Can you just fix it in real time? I don't think I can fix it in real time now. <laughs> I, I, I've tried to uh, <laughs> over the past few years to try to fix it. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes we can overthink things sometimes i think we could uh, 
not do enough. I mean, there, there are a bunch of different variables that sometimes yeah. prohibit things from uh, growing and progressing the way they could. But yeah. I think on that particular day, if I went back and did things a little bit differently with some little more added energy, whatever, yeah. I think things would have turned around. Ah, ah, hindsight. Oof. I feel that one. What are you passionate about? I am passionate about becoming a better preacher, becoming a better father, becoming a better friend, becoming some lady's husband, those things. Preaching, father, friend, husband. I like it. Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. If you could live in a sitcom or movie universe, what would it be and why? Uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there, there's so many good sitcoms. But lately, <laughs> I've been watching reruns of The Office. Jim and all those guys, they really just crack me up. So right now, I would say The Office because every day will be fun. <laughs> Okay, I never would have guessed that. I think you would fit really well in a house party movie universe. Yeah, I, I can see that. It's fun. It's, yeah. you know, the 90s, you dancing, everything was carefree. I remember my house party that I had my junior year in high school. Huh. Uh, of course, this was on our class cut day. Class cut day, I'm like, hey, I'm going to throw a party. So at this time, we were living in Horror Lake, Mississippi. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had a swimming pool and all of that. And so I'm like, hey, party at my house. Oh, you showing out. I tell out. you, Roz, it was the party of 1987. <laughs> it, was, it was the party. That was the party of 1987, 1987. in the high school yeah. area. I mean, we we kicked out to my, when I say that we had, it was probably a good, maybe a good hundred people there. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Good, good hundred people there partying. We kicking in, of course, you know, we partaking in uh, you know beverages we had no we couldn't uh, yeah. legally buy oh, so nice. we had a ball and oh you know i'm thinking that i clean i said okay we gotta leave it's, it's 2 30 everybody gotta leave we gotta get get out of here yeah and so i'll clean up the place to what, what i thought was uh perfection mm-hmm. looked in everything but unfortunately my parents found some young lady's bikini under their bed how did you get out of that? What did you say? I didn't get out of it. I got in trouble. That is awful and awesome at the same time. I was so lame. For a senior skip day, you know my mama, so yeah. I was so afraid of her that I told her, I was like, hey, tomorrow is senior skip day. I don't know if it's like sanctioned or anything, but I just don't <laughs> want the truancy officer to call you. Because I was oh, like, if, if they call her, I will die. She knew the whole schedule. <laughs> What is the kindest thing you've ever experienced? Kindest thing I've ever experienced. There are countless things. I remember one particular incident where I was allowed to drive my my mother's car Mm -hmm. Uh, in high school. She had a Mercedes Benz 300 TD. And I'm leaving work. I was working at Kroger. And I wasn't part of this particular club, but this high school club had a, a party at club, no name, the ambassadors had a party there. <laughs> and so I was headed to the party and I took the wrong turn and I end up wrecking my mom's car. Mm. Now it wasn't a bad wreck, but I messed up the axle 
something to that effect. And so it's like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And this guy just stops, makes sure I was okay. I probably look frantic. And uh, at this particular time, he had a phone in his car. So, you know, 87, oh. you know, it was very few people that had a phone in their car. Yeah. And uh, he allowed me to use his phone. I called my parents and, and uh, they you know, would get the car towed, you know, to the house. So that was one of the kindest things, you know, for me, a young young black boy, 16 mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, years, 17 years old. And I'm, you know, just, I don't know where I am in yeah. Memphis, you know. <laughs> and this guy just came and just really, you know, helped me and kind of calm my nerves uh, about everything. Humans can be so kind when when we want to be. We can be bad when we want to be, but at our core, you know, I love that. Okay, you're having a crappy day. You get home, you come in the house, and you ask Alexa to play what? Anything Jill Scott. I'll ask her to play anything Jill Scott if I'm having a bad day. So you you like music that calms you down when you're having a bad day? Yes. Is there a song that's emotionally meaningful to you, but is not necessarily your favorite? Wow. Uh, what is a song that's emotionally meaningful to me, but it's not my favorite? There are two that always come to mind. One is Prince, She's Always in My Hair. Mm. It's one of my favorite songs. I've never heard uh, that song. Oh, you got it! Oh man, you got to hear that. That's that's one of his, his uh, great songs. It's it's on one of the B sides that he did in in the eighties. And then I love Marvin Gaye on the Hear My Dear album. There is a song. When did you stop loving me? When did I stop loving you? Really? Yeah, and that's that's one of my favorite albums. And Marvin is one of my favorite artists. All right, so then that makes this next question really fun. One has to go. Marvin Gaye, Prince, or Jill Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh. Who has to go? Prince, Marvin, or Jill? Oh, man, that is a tough one there. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm serious. I just have to do any, many, money mo. Any, many, money mo. They're all equal. Dollars, let him go. Any, many, mighty, mo. My mama told me <laughs> to get this one right over here. So it'll be, it'll be Marvin. Oh no! Okay, this next part is called Common Threads. So I'm gonna ask you this or that questions, and okay. you pick, and then I'll just say what my options are, and we'll just see what percentage we share. Um, okay. Together. Okay. So the first one is the perfect steak or the perfect pork chop? The perfect steak. Intimate show or huge concert? Intimate show. Hiking or bowling? Hiking. Coming to America or Harlem Nights? (laughs) Harlem Nights. Relive high school or relive college? Relive college. Dude, we got 100% the same. For real? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, that's never happened. Also, I've only done this three times. But. I realized that you are the holy grail. You are a single dude. And I, I don't have that many single straight dude friends. So you get the pleasure or displeasure, I don't know yet, of me being able to ask you questions like, 
what would like a straight dude say about this? The first question, the feature I kind of mentioned called family advice, where I just read a question that somebody has and then ask you, what advice would you give that person? So you are single, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not married. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. I think when you've been divorced, single just means not married. So I'm in that case, I am single. But anyway, so what do you think about online dating? Do you online date? I have not. No strong conviction about it. I know uh, several people who have uh, participated in it. Some even got married. Some have had some pretty good, you know, experiences from it. Okay, so, well, the scenario I'm setting you up for, that being said, okay, so, say you are online dating. You see this profile, the chick is, like, beautiful, you're like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty, and then you reach out, y'all talk, she is just so cool. you like, oh my god, I really like her, she just has a sense of humor I like, she has, she's checking all the boxes. you like, man, I really like this girl, right? So it's time to meet. So y'all, you like, let's go to Houston's because you like Houston. So you're going to be like, let me go and meet you at Houston's. Let's finally meet up because you are just so precious. I want to meet you. So you get to Houston. She gets to Houston's and she does not look anything like her profile pictures. What would you do? Uh, terms on how drastic she, the look okay. is. So it wasn't, it was still her. It uh -huh. wasn't like she catfished you where it's like a whole different person. It's her. You can tell it's her, but the photos perhaps were edited or the depiction was not necessarily matching the reality. But it was no, the same person, for sure. Yeah, matter of fact, that happened to me one time. What? Uh, I'm in a Facebook group and um, she reached out to me, DM me, and then I said, meet me at this restaurant, I met at the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, she's very photogenic. Yeah. Uh, but when I saw her in person, it wasn't the same look. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Yeah. She, she has a very very pleasant uh, personality, so that took it a long way. As far as her personality, her humor, all those things together were just great. But you know, it wasn't that drastic of a change as far as her appearance. I was like, whoa, this is, yeah. this is definitely not, you know, me. So she so she didn't misrepresent herself. She no, just, no, she didn't misrepresent herself at all. She was just more photogenic. Than yeah, she, you know, just some people just take great pictures. So what if it's Facetune? So it's still the person, but there's some photo editing that was heavy. Can you overlook the fact that they heavily edited their physical appearance in order to get to the next stage of the dating process? Uh, probably not with me. I'm a little vain. <laughs> what do you mean so what are you thinking do you feel like that's rude to you or it's misleading for one okay you know be be who you are but yeah. to me, if you got misrepresent who you are as far as your looks there there's an insecurity that i that i believe is there if i want to have a serious relationship with a woman she has to be strong in who she is you know despite her looks or whatever you know upbringing, you know, educational whatsoever. She has to know who she is. You're like, I'm more turned off with the fact that you're that insecure, not that you don't look the same, maybe. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's not quite as vain. It's like 
in my veins. That happened to my other cousin one time when he was, this when we were young, you know, like high school. He met this girl and, um, you know, it's like when you had your little phone, you had, they pulled up, I think they made it like a Walgreens or something. And um, she knew him because he, she saw him somewhere and somebody had hooked him up or whatever, but he had never seen her. And so they pulled up to the Walgreens and they did that whole like, <laughs> okay, hey, you pull your window down. You pull your window down. Like, let me see you. Let me see you. They're real cute, you know. And so finally said, we let's roll the window down at the same time. And so he said, when she rolled that window down, he said, I said, God damn. And just peeled out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that a certain amount of jealousy in a relationship is healthy? So not purposely making you jealous, but some like healthy level of feeling jealous in a relationship. I think as long as it's very minimal. When I say very minimal, I'm meaning like 5%. So let me give you a scenario. Say, for instance, your girl or, you know, whomever is picking up someone from from the gym or work or whatever. And you see, and I see some guy trying to talk to my, my woman, there, there'll be a little bit of jealousy where I'll be like, you know, I think that not to the point where I'm going to make her feel uncomfortable, but I want to let her know that I saw dude trying to talk to you. A little bit of jealousy, but not to the point where it's just obsessive and you're stalking someone and, you know, checking phone records and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And like, have you ever gone through somebody's phone back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't it? I did. Okay. I've only done it a couple of times where it was serious relationships. You know, I checked some phone records and things of that nature. Ugh, uh, it's the but, worst. It's the worst. The last time I did it, and this was years ago, I was like, here's the deal, Ross. If you do that, don't do it. Just break up. Because if you feel like you need to do that, your mind is in a spot. Because if you don't find something this moment, you're looking for something. And so I just decided if I ever feel the urge to go through somebody's phone, I got to break up with them or talk about it. Obviously, I'm older now. But whether or not I find something is not really the issue. It's something else. Either I'm feeling insecure whether that's on me or if that person is not helping me, it's not about them, it's about you. But I, oof, I did it though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just finding questions online that people need support on or need feedback and advice about. So I'm just going to ask you the question and then you give advice like you would give advice to your family member if they came to you with the question. Dear cousin, I recently discovered that my husband and a female colleague of his have a texting streak going back as far as 2016. I found this out when I saw his phone. While there's nothing sexual in their messages and he assures me they are only friends, I have repeatedly expressed my displeasure about the situation. I have also repeatedly asked for this behavior to stop. He lies and tells me that they no longer text until he gets caught red-handed again. Oof. We've been seeing a marriage counselor regarding this and other issues. He's lied to the counselor about it. Interestingly enough, while I know, I've known that she exists as a colleague, he has never introduced me to her, even though I know all of his other work friends. He tells me I'm overreacting and that I should get over it. I'm considering separating from him if this behavior doesn't stop. What do you think? 
What would you say if I came to you with that, Sherman? <clears throat> Ooh, separation is a big thing. It uh, is. That, that leads to normally either uh, a tough reconciliation path or divorce. So I would say is is a non-sexual text relationship, is it really worth you possibly destroying or ruining or separating the marriage? Yeah. And so you got to think about that first. Yeah. And then secondly, have you, do you know the person whom they're having the text conversation with? I know that they work together. I know she works with him. Um, but then I know all his other work friends and he never really introduced me to this one, but she works there too. And he didn't really make it a point to, you know, introduce me, which is curious because he's introduced me to all his, you know, all the other coworkers he has. But then all of a sudden it's one that he's back and forth texted, texted with. He's not saying anything, you know. So that's why I'm just like, ooh, this seems suspicious. I don't like it. Yeah, cousin, I would I would try to get more information uh, about the, this other person whom they're, they're they're texting. But you got to understand the road in which you are going down on, because what if it's truly platonic, and what if it's not what you may think that it is? Because you obviously think it's something more. When I look at this question, it is. I think it's about whether it's above board or not it's just about as your partner i'm asking you to do something and you're not doing it you know what i mean that's what's hitting the wrong note for me it's kind of not completely like but it's not dissimilar for me being like put the toilet seat down i'm asking you to do something can you just why are we struggling right now you know what i mean it it doesn't it's like insert anything what's concerning is like that person is making this something that has to be a a topic for a separation it shouldn't even really be that, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's strictly platonic, it should be a simple conversation yeah. or a simple act of not doing what you have already requested. Yeah. Or in real life, you know what I would do? I'd be like, let's all go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually be like, so, you know, we all going to go to dinner so I can get a better read on this and see what I feel about it. Because... I also think when you keep secrets, when you have to express something or communicate it, it loses the power. There was some guy that I thought was so handsome. And my boyfriend saw him and was like, oh, you got a crush, you know, and kind of ribbed me about it. And it created some levity to it that was like, it's natural. I know that you think that person is attractive. I totally get it. Ha ha ha. And for some reason, just the fact it was not like this secret for me. And, and he thought it was hilarious. And also he was secure enough to think, yep, you straight. You know what I mean? There was something about it that even made me more attracted to him because he was like, yeah, I know you think he's cute. Ha ha. Come on over here. As soon as my partner was expressed it, it made it go away. It wasn't bad. It wasn't this thing that should be avoided. It's like, okay. We are, you know, you do sometimes think somebody else is attractive. We are human. So that's why I would just be like, hey, let's go. Let's all go out to dinner. If this is your friend and you want this person to be in your life, I want to meet this person. I think it creates breathing room. You got to be secure in yourself and definitely in the relationship that you have with someone. Because, you know, I mean, there have been times where 
I saw, you know, an attractive woman walk by. So she walked by me, so she know I look. Yo, I didn't gawk or anything. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's been guys, you know, that, get, you know, had some guys that, you know, so I know she checked them out. Like, okay, yeah. good, brother, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. I mean, you know, hey. But you I mean, know there, there's always somebody bigger, better, and more attractive. Yes. But, you know, the thing is, where 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 is your head at? Exactly. <laughs> where is yeah. your heart? Exactly. So. Okay, that was good, good advice. Thanks for listening to the Bites and Banter podcast by UniversalPlaylist.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and share with your folks. And of course, drop me a line if you want some family advice or just to tell me the last great thing you ate. Until next time, friends. Humidity in the DNA, in the DNA.